Alrighty, so this week, just uh, again, I just, I don't know, sometimes, you know, we've got like, oh, this show leads us to that show and reasons why we're going wherever. This one is just, I found a list of shows and it's just the next show on the list. It's Adventures of Superman. And who's the star? Uh, this is George Reeves. So it's one of those things like, all I know about this is because my Superman when I was a kid was Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And I yeah. just always heard like, oh, there was another Superman yeah. who was also named Reeves. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but I've never seen it. And actually, I've never even seen the Christopher Reeves movies either. <laughs> I just know him, you know. But it's just funny that there's all these guys named Reeves. His name kind of sounds familiar, a little familiar to me, but I don't know if I've seen them or not. So this is a weird thing, too. So this ran from 1952 to 1958. And, uh, you know, like last week, I was like, I'll oh, leave it to Beaver. This is going to be boring. But then as I started reading about it, I found all this interesting stuff about how they based the show on their own kids and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is a lot more interesting than I expected. This one's the opposite. I read the whole page and I'm like, I just don't even know what to write down. There's nothing interesting about this. <laughs> so, so here's what I got. Uh, the first two seasons were in black and white. It was more of like a serious crime show because it was based on a radio drama, of course, and that was what it was based on. Uh, then the show went to color, although most people never saw it in color till reruns. And uh, George Reeves was, uh, the one thing he liked about being Superman is uh, that, you know, kids, uh, you know, we're like, hey, Superman, he liked working with kids and stuff. So he helped make the show sort of more whimsical. But we're watching one of the black and white ones. So I don't know, it's crime shit. Who knows? We'll see. It was low budget, but apparently the flying effects were good for the time. <laughs> but they used to use like wires to make it look like he was flying uh, until he had a mishap with the wires and he refused to ever do that again. So after that, they would just get him to bounce on a trampoline. Oh, so it's like he's jumping, and then it would be a, uh, a stuntman always doing the wire okay. flying, because after he fell the one time. And this guy, so I was like, okay, I don't even know. The show. So they made a Superman show, whatever. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, let's look up George Reeves, because I do know something happened with him, because they made a movie called Hollywoodland, where Ben Affleck played him, and it was about his mysterious death. But I never saw that movie. So I'm like, all right, well, let's read about George Reeves. Like, it's a little morbid, but... I don't know what to say about the show, so let's read up about him. And that wasn't interesting either. It's like <laughs> he was, basically he was like a pretty good actor. Things were going pretty well. He had an interesting bit where he joined the military for a while. Or he, he joined under a different name because he didn't want any favoritism in case anyone recognized him from acting. But then he joined the entertainment brigade part of uh, the military and was doing both. And he was like, hey, can I just do one or the other instead of both? Like, pick a lane. What, what, what am I most useful to you as? And they put him in the entertainment part. <laughs> so he just <laughs> entertained people while he was there. But then his career slowed down and just wasn't going anywhere. So he took this job as Superman, even though he had never read a Superman comic. Because at this point, Superman was only 20 or so years old. Like, Superman was relatively new, which is weird to think of, maybe less than 20 years. Uh, and it reminds me a lot of like the guy who played Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, you know, he was like an Academy Award winning Bridge Over River Kwai, I don't remember his name, but, but he hated Star Wars. He hated that everyone remembered him as Obi-Wan oh, Stupid Kenobi. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah, Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah, and I, and I kind of feel for him because like Star Wars is really stupid and it's way more popular than it has any right to be, but that's all anyone is ever going to remember him as is fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Similar situation with George Reeves. He's like, oh man, Superman, all right, whatever, I guess I got to do something. You know, he had like this quote where people are like don't you feel like you sold out by being superman and he's like first off i had no work you know <laughs> like i didn't have a choice and 
you know, if you're a working actor, you're a good actor. You just take a job. So, I mean, I can respect that. And then he got into the, yeah, working with kids side of it. There was this one story where uh, he didn't realize how popular the show was getting. He would go do these little things at hospitals and stuff and see kids. So he had this thing at like a mall. He expected like 150 kids. There were 3,000 kids and they just kept showing up till the police had to show up and tell all these kids to go the fuck home. <laughs> so he kind of liked Superman ultimately because even though it was a stupid role in a stupid show, at least, you know, he had this nice effect on kids. But then his death was just, just murky and mysterious, but there's really nothing <laughs> juicy about it. It's horrible to say, but it's just like, Superman had ended, but Kellogg's was going to bring it back. So he's like, all right, you know, again, my career went nowhere without Superman. I'll be Superman again. He seemed to be happy about it. And he was hanging out one night with some people at his house and uh, got in an argument with somebody, went upstairs and apparently shot himself. But there's all this like, oh, it could be his ex-girlfriend was mad at him for this. And there's this one guy that they didn't know very well that maybe this, but there's really no particularly strong evidence that he was murdered. It just could be either one. Maybe there was foul play and they made it look like a suicide. Maybe it was just a suicide. Could it have been accidental? He was cleaning a gun and it went off? It does. No, no I don't think no, so. It's definitely okay. one or the other of that. But it's just weird. Maybe it's just because he's not famous enough or maybe it's because it's so long ago. But I was just like, yeah, but who cares either way? <laughs> I mean, it sounds bad to say, but just if you look at it purely from an entertainment standpoint of like, let's just be morbid and horrible ghouls and, you know, dig into the celebrity death, there's just not enough there to care either way. It's like, and there's just not enough even evidence. Like, I wonder what this Ben Affleck movie is even like, because uh, I watched like a whole 20 minute deep dive on YouTube about it. And the guy was like, who knows? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, and again, I usually don't even, because most of these people are dead at this point. I don't usually go out of my way to find out how they all died. It just, sometimes it comes up, but I just had nothing else to go on with this show. So, so I don't expect this to be our most uh, fantastical week of all time, but again, I never know. I'm so bad at predicting yeah, these things. Maybe this know. show will be amazing. So all I know is that this is one of the shows from the first two years because it's still in black and white. It's on YouTube just under Adventures of Superman TV series George Reeves. <laughs> it's just, that's... Okay, well, let's see what it's got. Oh, right. That's one other thing, I guess. Yeah, this episode, this might be extra bad because uh, this was, I, I guess there was some info I forgot to write down. It was... Uh, this was like an episode donated to the Library of Congress because I think this is like a special episode they did to try to promote stamps for like war bond savings stamps. I don't know, some kind of weird shit like that. So I don't know, we'll see. The United States Treasury Department presents The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> yeah, so that's not, usually it was Kellogg's, but this one is the United States Treasury Department. There's where that comes from.
All right, so yeah, I'm gonna have to label that one. Like, it's really not fair to call that a proper episode of Adventures of Superman. No, like, I'll that's label an advertisement. That yeah. that whole show is an advertisement. <laughs> yeah, I'll label the episode Stamp Day for Superman because yeah. So I had to look up a little additional stuff because this one is so clearly not one of these. So yeah, I looked up a little more stuff while we were watching it. There's like 104 episodes total that are. The real show uh but this one is the only one in the public domain so that's why it was on youtube why it was so easy to find sure they want you to go out and buy stamps yeah so it was made with the u.s treasury department and i gotta admit this is all a little over my head i've never invested i'm a irresponsible man i don't really understand how all this stuff works but i guess it's like they want kids to buy these savings stamps whatever the fuck those are and try to convince their parents to buy savings bonds so they're like, let's just get Superman to uh, awkwardly insist over and over and over again <laughs> that he should do that. So yeah, like it starts right away with he foils a bank robbery, but one of the criminals doesn't get out in time. And the guy just gives this like, you know, it's really, it's because I never was good with money. I should have invested in, I never did. I should have been buying <laughs> bonds and I should have been buying stamps. <laughs> so that's at the gate. Then they get back to the Daily Planet, and Jimmy Olsen is like, "Hey, I just cashed in some of my uh, some of my bonds, and I bought this new typewriter." And yeah, the whole episode is this shit, just over and over about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, weird, right? Like, it's weird. It's like I guess maybe someday we'll get back to this show and we'll watch a more proper episode, maybe one of the later color ones, because this one is really not so much about Superman. It's more, I guess, what's interesting about this is that they were doing this type of thing. They were just making TV shows in conjunction with the government to get you to buy savings bonds. That's fucking weird. I know that during, I don't know, during World War One, because the Americans weren't involved in World War One until the very, very end, uh, but during World War Two, they were always selling war bonds, yeah. which I presume is basically the same thing. You support the Treasury Board somehow by buying these stamps and saving them in a book, and then you cash them in. But I have no idea really how they generate money Presumably, oh, you must make interest on them. Yeah, it's probably just like yeah. any kind of yeah. bank type shit, right? <laughs> just, you know, in, uh, like, like in, your like mutual in Canada, funds. We have Canada savings bonds. I don't know if we have them now, but we did have them for years and years. And you could buy these Canada savings bonds and presumably they generated income and then you cash them in. Well, the stamp day must be the same thing. Yeah. So I guess what uh, the other thing I think is kind of interesting is this kind of reminded me so, uh, you know, they're like, hey, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. So it's like, oh, yeah, that must be where that came from. Or if not this, then the radio version. And uh, Faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah. Like, Faster than a speeding train. That's the thing is, like, I've never, I used to work at a comic shop, you know, I was surrounded by Superman shit. And I never liked Superman because he is ludicrously overpowered. I don't understand how that's interesting. But he didn't used to be. Like, that outfit that he wears with the uh, trunks over top of the bodysuit is apparently just how strong men used to dress in, like, the 20s. So then when you Schuster know what? That's and Spiegel... True. I never thought of that. Yeah, so when that these guys, true. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, I think their names were, so when they made him, they're just like, oh, he's a strong guy. So this is how a strong guy dresses. Even the little cape, I guess, was, like, a lot of times people in... in uh, circuses would dress like that and initially yeah like they said in here he could outrun a speeding train that's pretty good he could leap over tall buildings that's pretty good but the initial superman he couldn't fly <laughs> you know he wasn't ludicrously overpowered he was like sort of moderately overpowered 
But in this show, it's like the, the transition. They still say leap over a tall building, but he can clearly fly at this point. And like where it got ridiculous, by 2006, there was this guy, Brandon Routh, became Superman. And the movie started with him coming back from the, the rubble of Krypton. Just to check it out, Superman held his breath for literally like four years to fly to Krypton just to see his ruined planet and fly back. Like when you're that powerful that you can survive in outer space for years, you're not even a, a being anymore. You're nothing. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, but the kryptonite can still do you in. <laughs> yeah, but then how that movie ended was uh, Lex Luthor found a way to multiply the little bit of kryptonite he had. So he made a whole island out of kryptonite, and Superman still lifted up the whole island and flew it into outer space. He just had to grunt a little more. <laughs> you know, like, like I just don't know what to do with Superman. There was a cool shot in it where somebody shot him and in super slow motion, they show the bullet hit Superman right in the eyeball and it just crushes against his eye and falls off. And it's like, okay, like that's kind of neat, but what do you do with it? That's why I never liked Superman. Like, what is the conflict here? You know, like at least like Spider-Man is like trying to deal with being a teen and that he let a robber go who killed his uncle. And like there's stuff, there's some kind of conflict there. Superman is just, I don't get it at all. So boring. <laughs> but I mean, I guess he's the first, right? So it's a little understandable. Yeah, and you have to put again, I, I keep talking about time and place when we talk about these things, but you have to remember, I think he was created, I think it's like 1930. 837 yeah. 38 just before World War II but right. the depression had just been over it wasn't and, and I'm sure there were people still struggling with the depression no money no jobs uh poverty big time you needed a, a hero a guy that could just you know make the world right and all these evil characters he had enough strength that he could just do them in and and that's why he appealed to people and at that time in that place, yeah, you know, so he could fly and he could jump over buildings and he could outrage a train. And if you were a kid, you'd buy right into that because who else was there that was like that? I guess, too, the classic thing there always was, especially because I worked at that comic shop, like sort of the, the dichotomy was Superman and Batman, basically. And I was 100% a Batman guy because, like, Batman's still a... If you examine it too strongly, it doesn't really make sense and it's just weird. It's like what good is this guy really doing? He's not helping the fabric of society by just, you know, smashing criminals' heads together and throwing them in jail. But it's a lot more believable. Like, he's just a guy who's upset because his parents died, but he has a lot of money, so he makes cool gadgets and he goes and fights criminals. Like, and he's, you know, dark and whatever. And, although Adam West wasn't. <laughs> but, yeah, and then the other side is Superman. It's like the day and the night version. Like, what's your personality? And my personality was 100% Batman and 0% Superman. Yeah. Superman is not somebody who had angst. Yeah. He had power and strength, but he didn't have angst. So he didn't have, yeah, he didn't have, like, that troubled side. Yeah, because it's like, sure, his planet technically blew up. He's the last Krypton guy, but, but was, not really. Mom, Pa, Kent grew up in a nice little house. He had a great life. Yeah, and he was a little baby, see, when he came to them. So he had no angst, I guess, about what had happened to his planet and that his parents were blown up. Um, he may have known that or at some point in time. He must have learned that. But as a, as a child being brought up by those mom and pa kid on the farm, 
Well, they didn't know that. I mean, where did he learn that from? Yeah. He was just a, a powerful person. But maybe, at, again, that time and place, if you're, if you're a kid growing up in the Depression, you don't have a whole lot of stuff. You don't have a whole lot of money. You don't have a whole lot of anything. Maybe you don't want somebody who's got angst and worries and, you know, like, like Batman's got this kind of side to him that's always kind of, like, worrisome and... Yeah, like just imagine if Batman went to therapy. It'd be all done. <laughs> It'd be no more Batman. One thing I thought, actually, one of the recent Superman stories that, to me, this is kind of the only way you can go to make Superman kind of interesting, is they did do this comic where instead of, you know, whatever great big crazy stuff Superman is normally doing, he just comes across this lady who uh, was going to jump off a bridge. And suddenly his super hearing and heat vision and invincibility and all this shit doesn't matter. She's like, yeah, you can save me today. I'm going to come back tomorrow. What are you going to do? Come here every day? Fuck off, Superman. And like, that was actually interesting because now it's like, oh yeah, all your stupid strongman bullshit is not actually helpful. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then he had to actually, you know, psychologically deal with it. And then you, I mean, you have Superman who's very, he's a very black and white character and the stories are black and white. You're either evil or you're good and he's good. But then they, they did get into um, Superboy, you know, yeah, and where, were, where there was a bit of teen angst there. Um, and they were working, though, apparently, uh, before George Reeves died, they were considering a spin-off show about Crypto the Superdog. <laughs> <Also>. <laughs> One thing that's also kind of interesting, so uh, again, yeah, the different eras, like I think you're right, that in the pre-Depression type era, around that time, Superman made a lot more sense. Where my favorite, like, Superman-type guy came out in the 80s, this comic called The Watchmen, where, uh, you know, obviously the 80s was a much more angsty, sarcastic time. So this guy in The Watchmen, he was called Dr. Manhattan. And it's basically if you take Superman to the nth degree of, like, this guy is so super powerful and so beyond everyone that he just keeps drifting away from caring about people. And it eventually gets to the point that he can't recognize that people are anything he just sees them as atoms that are formed in a specific way that are no more important than anything else and i'm like yeah like when you at what point when you're this invincible how do you care about anything after a while (laughs) how do you relate to human life in any way and i was like that's actually kind of neat too because it just takes this idea and goes somewhere with it where i guess that's what always bugged me when i worked at the comic store is it just felt like most of the time Superman is just going nowhere. And it's like, what, are, what is the point of these stories? The other thing, too, at the time when Superman would have been created as a comic book, comic books were treated, were, were regarded as pulp. You didn't want your children reading those things. Right. So people were very anti-comic. So you wouldn't have wanted to have a, a Superman character that had troubles and trials and tribulations and all that stuff because you wanted to sell the product. Yeah, it had to be squeaky clean. So, yeah, you got a hero that is squeaky clean, good guy. That's true, yeah, because like, uh, even stuff like those EC comics, you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt and stuff, like I remember those in the 50s, I'm going to say. At some point, yeah, like those really, the hammer came down on them. These like horror comics, you can't yeah. show this oh, to kids. Yeah. So yeah, everything was just really bland. It was even even so bad when okay when I was a kid growing up, and they had the the classic comics where they had taken those they had taken good classical things like uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame and uh, David Copperfield and stories like that, and had put them into classic comics. 
They didn't even want kids reading those. <laughs> right. No, you were not supposed. They were comics. You couldn't read those. You got to read the actual thing itself. Well, hey, those comics were great. And then there were the love comics that came out, and oh no, you can't read those love comics. Like. And all they were is, you know, boy meets girl, there's a bit of some kind of a misunderstanding and a breakup, and then they get back together at the end of the movie and smooch, smooch, that's it. They're pretty friggin' innocent, but oh my God, no, those are comics. Yeah, it is nice that things have uh, changed a lot. Like now when you go into a bookstore, there's always a section of comics. And yeah. then there's Like it started probably with that comic Mouse when it won the Pulitzer. And now, yeah, it's like you can have a comic book. That's a respected thing. Yeah, and then, well, they're actually called graphic art now. Graphic novels and yeah, stuff, graphic yeah. Graphic novel, graphic art. But. Yeah, it is really strange that, yeah, like everyone was just so upset about pictures. But I remember like when Caroline, your sister Caroline, taught school way up north. And she said, like, she had, like, these, like, RoboCop comics. And they were great because people would actually read them. <laughs> like, yeah, so what's wrong with this? They're yeah. still reading it. You get pictures and words. And if you want to teach somebody how to read, give them a comic. Yeah, it's not so bad. So anyway, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that episode at all. If anyone's interested in the adventures of Superman, dig a little deeper. I should have looked further. I didn't yeah. realize that we were watching the yeah. bizarre treasury episode. That's not really that's not really an episode of something that is sheer advertisement. Yeah. All right, well there we go. Another I mean again, always something something interesting on some level to everything we watch, but that's not where I expected that one to go. <laughs> the treasury bonds and war stamps or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Although I guess it did kind of a bad job, because I, I, I presume if we were American, we would just understand more what that is. <laughs> but they didn't actually explain it that well. They just kept constantly saying, like, oh, your life sure would be better. If well, probably people did know, especially if that was if that was the successor to war bonds, which were definitely big time in World War II in the States, because they used to have... Uh, all those actors used to go overseas when they did their shows uh, for the troops that were overseas. That was to support the war bonds. And they promoted that big time. And they were always telling people that save your tin, save your aluminum to make bullets for the war effort. So, yeah, if this is the successor to that, a few years later, well, they wouldn't call them war bonds anymore. So, yeah, Americans just probably automatically knew what those were. I guess, too, now that I think about it, the, the kind of equivalent, I think, when I was a kid in the 80s was, uh, you know, that was when the big war on drugs was going on big time in the States. So I, did, I do remember a lot of comic books where that would be the, like, embedded message was like, like oh, there's this, like, there was this Spider-Man comic that it's like, wow, it takes place in Fredericton. But I found out later, it just takes place in blank. You know, they just <laughs> add in the name of your city. And then the whole thing was about Spider-Man telling you not to do drugs. So I guess I guess we still had that type of thing, but they were it was all about drugs in the eighties. But yeah, well anyway, <laughs> there's not much else to say about it. I mean, I think we got a pretty good talk about Superman in general. But yeah, that, yeah. that actual episode, what a weird, what a weird, strange. And we learned thing. about the Treasury Board and stamps. Yeah, or at least a we, little bit. They were. We learned a little bit it. about it. <laughs> yeah.